Hello and good day, eh? Welcome to the Super Good Camping Podcast. My name is Pamela. And I'm Tim. And we are here because we're on a mission to inspire other families to enjoy camping adventures such as we have with our kids. Uh, today, since there is an upcoming backcountry trip happening very soon, uh, we want to talk a little bit about backcountry food. So take it over, Tim. All right. Uh, backcountry, <laughs> all camping, takes when it involves me, takes a great deal of planning. Uh, our camp, the backcountry trip is in two little, just over two weeks, almost three weeks. And, uh, and I, so dehydrating food is the thing. And I, we've done, been doing it for a while now. Plus I had a bunch dehydrated. Uh, I am currently whipping the child, the big child. No actual whipping is going on. Just verbally whipping the big <laughs> child to get on with it and dehydrate more on our menu weight is an issue you don't want to carry any more weight than you have to when you're in the backcountry so dehydrating it removes water water weighs nine point something pounds per uh, gallon uh, and it adds up quickly so that much weight not and and then you know you're filtering water and, and boiling water and you just add it to it and you let it rehydrate it's fabulous if i'm clever i'll actually post a short video of a, a dehydrated meal that thomas and i made in Algonquin a couple of years ago, I think, and it's dead dead easy to, to prepare it, so good. So yes, the we are dehydrating currently. You have to dehydrate uh, fruits to go with your oatmeal in the morning, you know, uh, assorted veggies to go with uh, soups or what have you for lunch, uh, and, and also veggies to go with your dinner, and then dehydrated. You can do a couple of different types of meat you can turn it into jerky which is dead easy uh you know for, for snacks especially if you're doing long distance canoeing or or things like that or hiking i you know it's something you can pull out and snack on granola bars as well but it's nice to have with your meals we we often chop up pseudo jerky and throw it in with our soups for sake of argument what you do is you buy a dehydrator unless you have a friend that you can borrow a dehydrator from so we started uh, out with a dehydrator that was found in our lobby in our what, building was a freebie it was uh it was part of it we, we have a bit of a trading post thing that happens with the community here at our building uh yeah it was a free one uh, it wasn't particularly pretty i'm pretty sure it had a crack in the lid and stuff like that but it worked you turned it on uh, it had I want to say it probably had about five or six trays when we started out and progressively as we learned how to dehydrate and what not to do we melted uh, a few trays we melted a few <laughs> trays we got some stuff stuck to it that absolutely would not come off and they we ended up having to ditch the trays that sort of deal it was not a particularly good one and that's not a knock again it was a the brand was salton s-a-l-t-o-n i think it had a lot of miles on it when we got it so it had very uneven heat. Uh, you had to constant, not constantly, but every few hours, you had to pick it up, turn the trays themselves. They're round trays, and it blew up the air and heat blew up through sort of a center chimney in it. Um, but it would be, it would arc off, and you'd end up with stuff totally dried out on one side of the tray, and stuff that wasn't even close to being done on the other side of the tray if you didn't spin for the hot spot not not just not unlike your barbecue perhaps uh same idea anyhow but it did what we needed it to do we learned a lot on it or i learned a lot on it on how to do things how not to do things so pamela bought me a fabulous book uh the ultimate dehydrator cookbook by sorry tammy gangloff i've just ordered our this this is quite a few years old now 
I've just ordered a, a second dehydrator meal book. It's by Kevin. I think his name is Kevin Ride. He's he's known as Kevin Outdoors on YouTube. He's amazing. He makes amazing like he does lasagna. I've never even heard of that before. We've done spaghetti once, and it was semi okay. Books because somebody has it's there's a lot of research that goes into what you're doing as far as dehydrating. Let the experts tell you how to do it. You can you can experiment on your own. It takes a lot of food to figure it out, and and you have to kind of keep doing it. Right? It's the same sort of deal is. You know, if you spend two months dehydrating stuff and then you don't dehydrate stuff for another year, you're going to forget half of the crap. I used to take all kinds of notes. They disappeared in one of our moves. So I have no longer have any idea at all. So I, it's back to re referencing the books. The Salton dehydrator, we kept, I would say we got three or four years out of it maybe. It did what we needed to do and we were able to do multiple. Everything has different drying times ideally at different temperatures the salton didn't have any adjustable temperature on it it simply was whatever it was and you sort of had to pay attention watermelon dries out or dries out at, at a different pace from say carrots so you you pay attention you take the the drawers out of dried stuff you you know pack them up we we use uh you could use you can use ziploc bags and stick a straw in it and suck as much of the air out as possible that's the poor man's process of using a vacuum sealer which we have, uh, it depends on how long you're gonna store it for. Uh, you can store them for a year, 18 months, I think, if you vacuum it well and you freeze them. At the very least, you need to keep them in a cool, dark place. Anyhow, we have stepped up to a, an Excalibur, and it's the bomb. Uh, you, we can do, I think we've got 10 drawers for it. It's square, it's so much more even heat in it. It's, it's completely even heat in it. You can slide drawers in and out very easily, no big deal. Uh, so you can do things that, that dry at m multiple times. Uh, it has an adjustable temperature on it. So if you're drying, for sake of argument, if you're drying fruits, you know, you sort of pick fruits in the same same drying temperature thing. Uh, and then you just, you, you can set a timer on it. And that, when it goes off, you pull that drawer out and you, you know, you set it again for an, an additional hour for the remaining ones. Preparation wise, it depends. Fruits are generally pretty easy. You, you slice them, fruits, everything gets sliced thinly, you know, sort of quarter inch, eighth inch to quarter inch thick and laid out, not piled on top of each other, uh, nice and neat. Some, and again, back to having books, uh, they'll, they'll tell you whether some of them, they need to have a citrus spray of some type, whether it's uh, a lemon spray, a pineapple spray so that sort of a thing um, I don't know exactly what it is but it keeps them from going brown and getting kind of yucky otherwise you, you put them on the tray you put them in at the whatever temperature it says you know for sake of argument vegetables and fruits are generally around 125 degrees but they can go anywhere between say eight hours and 14 hours to dry out properly meats are higher but shorter so you're, you're about 160 degrees and you're looking at six to eight hours and then you usually finish them off at uh to about 275 for 15 or 20 minutes in the oven just to do that final cure on them. A bit of a side note on meats. They're much better, if, especially if you're doing jerky, if you marinate them, do a, do, you know, whatever, but do a marinade for say 24 hours in the fridge after you've sliced them, not before you slice it from, you know, whatever it is. And the less fat, the better. So pork can be a bit of a deal. You need to do a really good job on, on trimming it. You don't really want marbled meats much as it makes for a better steak it doesn't make for good jerky fish works fine you know canned tuna and spread it out 
dries up nicely, works works great for, uh, you can turn it into a sandwich down the road, honest to God. We also can do, you can do pasta, you have to pre-cook it, and then you go pretty hot, it's about 155 degrees, I think, for pastas. Like, if you make a spaghetti sauce, spaghetti and a spaghetti sauce, if it's just straight, like pasta sauce, a tomato sauce, you know, it's about 10 hours at, at 155 degrees after you've cooked everything, and you just kind of plop it in. Somebody referred to it once as like a bird's nest with, with the tomato sauce on top of it. Uh, I like meat in mine. I suppose you could use less lean. I go for extra lean ground beef. It's less fat, easier. I don't have to worry about it. It, it can spoil quickly down the road with the fat that's left over. That's the, the issue there. Yeah, then vacuum pack them, put them in the freezer, stash them away. Or, 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 I mean, lots of people store them in their pantry. Again, dark, cool is good. We have, I don't know that I recommend it, we have taken fruits and vegetables. Vegetables in particular, uh, we've taken from two trips before we've had leftovers, just supplemented with by doing more to fill out the uh, for the menu. Uh, and have had no problems with it, so I don't know. The rule of thumb is is 12 to 18 months. And just a maybe a little side note, uh, fruits in particular, uh, things like blueberries, we've had mixed results with strawberries, pineapple, apple. Those when you rehydrate them, I assume because the, the, you end up you end up with less water back in there when you rehydrate them, maybe they're so much sweeter. They're they're just wicked yum. They taste amazing in oatmeal in the morning. Not that. I mean, every meal outdoors tastes better than a home-cooked meal, regardless. I think that's probably it. I mean, you can make literally anything. This I'm looking forward to getting Kevin's Dehydrator book because it'll have all of those um, recipes in there. Oh, and there's another one. Much as we dehydrate meals, we also buy nor soups and instant rice, instant potato things from, from the grocery store. And then... You know, you make that soup and then you throw a bunch of dehydrated stuff in with it. Make sure that you add a little bit more water than the uh, package calls for. And it all rehydrates and gets, you know, all cooked up at the same time in those whatever it is, eight minutes that you need for the package. And Bob's your uncle. That pretty much covers it. It's it's pastas, it's rice, it's... We do tortilla wraps and stuff when we're in the back countries. That doesn't really require, you know, for if it's a lunch thing, it means we, we take some honey and some peanut butter with us and some tortilla wraps. And it becomes like a sandwich thing. Nothing dehydrated involved there. Oh, I yes, yeah, sorry. There is one last little bit. So breakfasts, bacon and eggs are always yummy. The first day, you don't need anything dehydrated. Even the second day, maybe, but by day three... You're not looking at fresh eggs and fresh bacon. From the store, you can get pre-cooked bacon. It's wafer thin, but it apparently lasts. Like you, buy it, you buy it off the shelf, not in a refrigerator or anything. So I'll let you know how that goes. We're going to try it very soon. And eggs. You can dehydrate eggs. It's complicated. I personally have not, can't be bothered to, to even do it. We just buy powdered eggs. Pre, it's pre-dehydrated, they're freeze-dried actually, by big companies that, that do that. So that, uh, you know, places like McDonald's and whatnot, they can make your uh, egg McMuffin. Makes life easy and uh, they're already ready to go. And they cost a small fortune. They do. Well, they certainly did this year because we couldn't get anything. I could find none in Canada. I ended up buying them from REI in the States and it cost me as much to ship it as it did to buy the eggs themselves. So I bought enough to do about three years worth of eggs because the shipping was the 50 bucks regardless of 
how that was going to play out. There you go. That's it. Fun. That's it for us for today. We will talk to you live from Presque Isle Provincial Park in about a week. And if you'd like to reach out to us, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is hi at supergoodcamping.com. That's H-I at supergoodcamping.com. And please do connect with us on all the social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we have our uh, public Facebook group, which is called The Campfire. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.